Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. All right, we are in the book of Proverbs. Still. Still. Anybody excited that I said still? Amen. <laughs> still. All right, I'm going to try it again. We're in the book of Proverbs. Still. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And we are in chapter third, 12. Did I say Proverbs 13? 12. 12. Proverbs 12. 12. Yeah. Part 13. We're in 13, week 13, Proverbs 12. I'm trying to get at least the chapters caught up with the week. All right. It won't happen tonight unless you just want to stay extra long. Any volunteers? All right. Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. Right on cue. You get your $20 bills after church. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 12. Let's jump right into this tonight. Verse 1, whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. I love the Bible. That's a Bible word. That's a word I wasn't supposed to use when I was a kid, nor should my kids use it. Nor should any kids probably use it, but it is a Bible word. There's other Bible words. I won't bring them up either, but especially if you read the King James. Whoever, whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Man. If you are dating someone who is senseless, or stupid, I want to encourage you to get off the bus. Now, I'm, the reason I'm talking to those who are dating because the people that are married here tonight, too late for you. Can I get a good amen from the married people tonight? <laughs> I didn't want to hear, oh, I wanted to hear, amen. Y'all remember the old song from, uh, what's his name? Huey Lewis in the news, Happy to be Stuck with You. Yeah. If well listen, but if you're married here tonight and this proverb does apply to you, praise God, you came to the right place to replace stupid with wisdom. Amen. He who hates correction is stupid. Yeah, yeah, he is. Because he's set in his ways. And if he doesn't take correction, then he's headed for destruction. Period. Amen. Verse 2, a good man. Everybody say a good man. Good man. I'm going to give you the meaning for the word good here. Well-pleasing, fruitful, morally correct. Well-pleasing, fruitful, morally correct. A well-pleasing, fruitful, and morally correct man obtains favor from the Lord. But a man of wicked intentions, he will condemn. Now, we can be well-pleasing people, can't we? Hmm? We can be morally correct people, can we not? I mean, if the church can't be that, then the world is lost. There's no hope. We can be fruitful people, right? By your choice. But a man of wicked intentions, look at this, it says that he, that is God, will condemn. But I want to I help you tonight that, and remind you again that condemnation only comes to those who are not in Christ. There is no such thing as condemnation in Christ. No such thing as condemnation coming from God to you as a child of God. 
It will never happen. It's not in his nature towards you. It doesn't happen in the family. Hallelujah. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, I want, uh, that's Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Verse 33 says, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? That's you. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. It doesn't matter what the accuser of the brethren is saying. It doesn't matter what the devil is saying about you to God. God's already justified you. God's justified you. Who, can, who, can, who has any ground to stand on against you? God's justified you. He's made you right. You're innocent in the judge's eyes. Hallelujah. You've already been judged right with God. You're not under condemnation. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, right? The sin's dealt with. What are you going to condemn me about? Christ died for my sins. Amen. And furthermore, is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Now, 1 John chapter 3, verse 20. I want to look at that for a moment. 1 John chapter 3, and verse 20. Here's where it happens. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. God is greater than your heart. You know what that's saying? Your heart might condemn you, but God's greater than that. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. If, you feel, if, you feel, if you're feeling condemned, just know that that's not from God. That's your own heart doing that. And God's greater than your heart. And he knows all things. Hallelujah. Did you, hear, did, did you hear the language of this? He knows all things. That is, he knows everything about you, and he still chooses not to condemn you. He knows everything. He knows every shortcoming. He knows every mistake. He knows about every weakness. He still doesn't condemn you. He's greater than your heart. Woo, thank God. That ought to help somebody here tonight. Hmm? Amen. Verse 21 says, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. That's why it's important if you, if you get the revelation that God doesn't condemn you, that you don't condemn yourself. So that way you always have confidence toward God. You'll never be insecure in this relationship with God who is not insecure with his, in his relationship with you. Your heart doesn't condemn you. That is, that you take on God's thought about you. Hmm. <laughs> You quit thinking your own fleshly, manly, carnal thoughts about your life and look at yourself how God sees you. And when you do that, you'll have all the confidence in the world toward God. You'll understand what it means to come boldly before the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help, to help in time of need. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, that was a little bit off subject, but I wanted to help you with that anyway. See, God doesn't deal with us or fix us by condemning us. He corrects us. It's that correction that comes. That's why you have the, the, the one who loves instruction, he's, he receives correction, right? He instructs you with his word. Jesus told his disciples they were clean by the word. The word of God is what cleans you up. You, his disciples, today are made clean by his word. Can I get a good amen? Amen. So if that's the case then, then you have to use the word for your life. 
You have to get the word in your mouth. You have to get the word in your situation. You have to get the word in your circumstance. Amen? Amen. That, that is a, a, a bad feeling about something you've done or feeling remorse or regret. That doesn't empower you to change. That doesn't empower you to change. It's the word of God coming from your lips, lips that offers your life the ability, see, to rise up out of that junk, whatever it might be, and live in its reality instead. Amen. 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 I had this in my backyard. Our, our backyard grows so nice. The, the grass grows so wonderfully, and we hardly are ever back there in the backyard. And it's just surrounded by a private fence. The only being in our home that gets to enjoy the backyard really is our dog. Because we just don't go back. It's small, and, you know, you just kind of feel cramped when you're back there. But it's, the grass grows so, and I'm like, why can't we have that same kind of action going on in the front yard, you know? Except the fact that our neighborhood kids, and I don't know why, they think that our yard is the place to gather. And so they just trample our grass, you know, all day long. They're just, I go outside sometimes, and it looks like a garage sale out there. There's scooters and bikes and shoes, and I go, whose stuff are we not continually doing it? Whose stuff is this? Oh, it's Katie's and it's so-and-so and it's so-and-so. I said, get this stuff out of my yard. I don't know why my yard is the place to drop the junk off. But there's something about it I kind of like too. So. It's a love-hate relationship. But the backyard grows nicely, except this one little piece. I mean, we have the sprinklers uh, in the backyard, and, and, and they, they always miss one little area of the yard, just one little piece. And I've never gotten that sprinkler to obey no matter, I've put three different heads on it, still misses that one spot. And I was looking out my back uh, door one day, looking out over that yard, thinking how pretty, and then I just saw that yellow patch of grass where the sprinkler wasn't getting to. It was very frustrating. I thought, what an eyesore. How, uh, it just made me mad. That, and, and then I realized that, you know, in order for that grass to have a chance, it's going to have to get the same thing on it that the other grass had, right? Which is water. So then I had to go get a hose, physically get a hose, and stand there in water because my sprinkler wouldn't work. It's tough life. <laughs> Take that hose and pour water on that, that ugly patch of grass. And then before long, guess what? I started doing that, and it just came right to life and looked like the rest of the yard. The stuff that you're dealing with in your life, you might have some everything else going in your life, but you've got this place in your life that it's a frustration. It's, 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 it makes you mad. You feel bad about it. It might be something that you find yourself recurring, doing over and over again, maybe a bad attitude, or you have this tendency to lash out, lash out, lash out, and you want to stop, but you just keep going through the same thing again. And instead of doing something about it and applying the word to that situation, you just stay mad and frustrated. And you don't have any problem applying the word in this, in this area, maybe for healing or whatever, but this area is where the struggle is. But it needs the same ingredient that everything else needs. The Word of God is what will work. Yeah. Is this helping you tonight? Yeah. Amen. Amen. So you, that's, that's how you receive the power that, for change. All right, we got to keep going. Verse 3. Yeah. I won't spend all this time on all these verses. A man is not established by wickedness. Now, the word established means to set up, to be made firm, or to create a dynasty. Wow. This doesn't happen for someone 
who is living in wickedness. But the root of the righteous cannot be moved. That makes me think of that Psalm chapter 1 scripture. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in its season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Amen. Shall not be moved. The righteous stays and cannot be moved. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who causes shame is like rottenness in his bones. Ew. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband. Well, that's the truth. Now, in my experience in life, we've known a lot of ministers over the years. Lots of ministers over the years. That's basically been the company that we've kept because of the line of work that we're in. But, you know, just being a kid and uh, mom and dad and always having minister friends and ministering to other ministers. But I've been astounded, and I'm not, I'm not coming down on women tonight. I'm just, coming, I'm just talking about the experience, the things I've seen. What I'm saying is that lots of men who have been very devoted to their ministry but had a wife that was not in it with them. And their ministries have just been destroyed as a result because she has not had excellence. She's not been an excellent wife. And so, I mean, just, their ministry just falls apart. Hmm. And I'm not saying that's all her fault. It could be that he, he abandoned her for the ministry. And so she despises it, right? But time and time again, I've seen good men. I thank God for Heather Joe. I thank God for my incredible wife. I really had no idea what I was getting into. But man, every day, God shows me something new and wonderful with that woman. A new grace. Yeah. She's excellent. She's beautiful. She's strong-willed. Verse 5. The thoughts of the righteous are right. Well, there's some revelation. <laughs> but there is some revelation in that. The thoughts of the righteous are right. Hey, righteousness of God in Christ. The thoughts of the righteous are right. Amen. But the counsels of the wicked are deceitful. It's not a good idea if you're struggling in your marriage to talk to that ding-dong co-worker who's been married four times and they're an expert <laughs> on relationships, all right? Amen. You need to go find somebody who's working, amen? amen. Counsel of the wicked is deceitful because look at the verse six. The words of the wicked are lie in wait for blood, Lie in wait for blood. Ooh. But, the, but the mouth of the upright will deliver them. Hmm. The wicked are overthrown and are no more, thank the Lord. But the house of the righteous will stand. Look, this, this, we see this theme all throughout this chapter. Righteous are strong. They stand. They're firm. They're not being moved. And the wicked are being cut off. They're being overthrown. A man will be commended according to his wisdom. But he who is of a perverse heart will be despised. Better is the one 
who is slighted but has a servant than who honors himself but lacks bread. I like the way the message reads. Better to be ordinary and work for a living than act important and starve in the process. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so know this lady, she always had a word for our church, you know, and always very quick to give me her advice on how things ought to be run in the church and how I mean, she was very, and I appreciated her to an extent until I got to really know this person. Oh, we need the things of the Spirit. We, oh, we need more activity of the Spirit. Just, this is what the church needs. This is what the, this all the time. And, and then I, I realized she doesn't give anything to the church. She doesn't give a dime to the church. One of the basic spiritual things to do. But she's so up in the ninth level of heaven that I guess that's too practical she just wanted to tell me what we needed to do. Wisdom's eyes are wide open. Think about it. They're glaring at her, and she won't look at wisdom in the eyes. Hmm. Her house is burning down, and she's looking at the neighbor's house thinking, man, they are in need of a new paint job. Hmm? See, when you go around announcing your awesomeness, Others are sure to see the man behind the curtain. Honor is earned, not self-proclaimed. Amen? <laughs> Verse 10. I hope this is helping you tonight. A righteous man regards the life of his animal. That is not your spouse. <laughs> He regards the life of his animal, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. The, mo the most merciful thing a wicked person could do is be cruel. I think the, the message says that he kicks and abuses his animal. Oh, if you have an animal, take care of that animal. If you don't know how to do it, give it to someone who does know how to take care of it. Amen. God gave us animals. He regards the life of his animal. He works with what God, uh, no, oh, verse 11, sorry. He who tills his land, everybody say his land, will be satisfied with bread. Think about that. He who, set, he who tills his land will be satisfied with bread, but he who follows frivolity is devoid of understanding. Now, what that's saying is that he works with what God has given him. Yeah, he's not chasing something else out there. Your provision is in your house. Right? Amen. What am I supposed to do, God? Moses said, he said, what's in your hand, Moses? Yeah. What do you have there in your hand? I can use what you have. You have to believe that I can use what you have. You have to, under, you have to believe in the talent and the gift that I've put in you, that that's enough for your life, that that's going to be the, the provision for your needs. Amen. Amen. Stop wishing that you were somebody else in some other place and be who God called you to be. And stay where God called you to stay. Hallelujah. <laughs> I used to have a really good friend. He still is a dear friend. Unfortunately, I just kind of had to distance myself from him because I, <laughs> over time, I became his potential business partner for whatever multi-level marketing scheme he was involved in. Yeah. Right? I get the phone call and I was always like, oh man, what's he into now? 
hey, can we meet? And we hadn't talked in a month, you know. I'm like, is this a business meeting or are we just going to go hang out? No, you just got to see this thing. You just got to see this. I'm like, okay. Anybody have that friend? Anybody that friend? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and if it wasn't Amway, and I appreciate all these things, you know. I'm not coming down on it. If it wasn't Amway, then it was some kind of electric company deregulation thing or, or it was some kind of, you can be your own travel agent and, uh, and the two famous words, ground floor. Ground floor. This is the good, nobody else really knows about this. You can be in the beginning. And it's always a, now this isn't, not, this isn't like the thing before, Eric. This isn't like the thing before. It's, it's nothing like that. You only have to have three people under you. That's what you told me last time. It's always three people, then they have to have three people, then they have to have three people, and you can just work this, you know, as much time as you want to work it. Well, the last four things that you've shown me, none of those have worked for you, my friend. Why? I believe they work, but you have to work them. You're going to have to spend more hours than you're saying you're going to have to spend to make it work. Goofball. Like I said, now listen, before any of you, I hope I haven't ruffled any feathers in here tonight, and if you think that you need to come up to me after service and educate me on how it works, I want to just tell you, just save your breath, all right? I know how it works. Amen. Amen. (laughs) But I have truly found that there is a beauty, there is an absolute beauty in using what God has given you. Amen. Amen. To bring the provision to bring the bread in your house. Amen. Nothing like just working and doing what you're supposed to do. Good, honest work. Work is not a curse. That's a revelation for somebody in here tonight. Verse 12, the wicked covet, listen, the wicked covet the catch of evil men. That is, that is they love to be in a company of evil men. Evil people. They like to, misery loves company. But the root of the righteous yields fruit. Hmm. There's that righteous man still being steady, strong, continuing. Amen? Verse 13, the wicked is ensnared by the transgression of his lips, but the righteous will come through trouble. That is, with his lips. The righteous will come through the trouble with what is coming out of his mouth. You can talk yourself out of trouble. Hallelujah. Talk your way out. Jesus said, if the mountain's there, speak to it. Speak to the mountain. Tell it to get out of the way. Amen. Take control. There's a woman who went to a grocery store, and she came up to the little guy over at the produce. She said, I want to buy just half a head of lettuce. Do you, can, can you sell half a head of lettuce? He said, man, we can't do that. We can't sell half a head unless she said, well, I live by myself, and I, if, I, if I buy the whole thing, it, half of it's going to ruin. He said, ma'am, I'm sorry we don't do that. She said, do you have a manager? Yes. So she said, well, go find him. So he headed toward the front of the store to the manager. And he finds the manager and says, sir, some idiot lady back here wants to buy half a head of lettuce. And why, as he's telling him this, the manager's going, as she's standing right behind him, she had followed him up to the front. This idiot woman wants to buy half a head of lettuce. 
And once he finally got the message, he turned around and he said, and this wonderful lady wants to buy the other half. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, the wicked are ensnared by the transgression of their lips. Verse 14, a man will be satisfied with good. Look at this, by the fruit of his mouth. How important are your words? Oh, pastor, it ain't that important. It don't mean that. Okay. Then dwell in the land of dumb. Just stay there. Just stay there. After all, God's the one that set up this system. He's the one that has seen many generations more than you ever have or ever will. He's the one that created all of this, but you know, you've been here 30-something years, and you know. Amen. (laughs) I just, of course. A man will be satisfied with good. You want good? Talk good. You want good? Talk good. You can't have good by talking bad, by talking wrong, talking filthy, talking perverse. Amen? Don't expect it. And the recompense of a man's hands will be rendered to him. Yeah, now we're talking about just good work. Whatever you work with your hands, that's what you get. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Isn't that the truth? But he who heeds counsel is wise. You don't know everything, so quit acting like you do. Amen. Find somebody who can help you. Upgrade, like we talked about Sunday. A fool's wrath is known at once, but a prudent man covers shame. I want to sit on that one for a second. The message says it like this, fools have short fuses and explode all too quickly. The prudent quietly shrug off insults. This will help your marriage in here tonight. The prudent will quietly shrug off the insults. Well, nobody can get under your skin like your spouse, right? They say, you're just like your mother. You know. See, a fool always feels like he has to vindicate himself. He's always ready for a fight. And unfortunately, with that attitude, they make extremely poor assumptions about what somebody might be saying to them. And not willing to give someone the benefit of the doubt because they're already in this stance, this attitude, this fighting stance. Hmm? Just ready to blow up. Just say it. All you got to do is say it. Just say it. I'm ready. But the prudent, listen, the prudent, they learn to just let it go. Pick their, they pick their battles wisely. It's not worth the fight. Amen. They're secure enough in themselves that someone bad-mouthing them doesn't send them into a tailspin. I'm preaching better than you're amening right now. Amen. Amen. I can't believe you said that about me. Get over it. They did. Shut up. Go on. (laughs) You'll live. Amen. Love God. Keep going. Verse 17. He who speaks truth declares righteousness but a false witness deceit. There is one who speaks like piercings of a sword, 
Lord, help us. But the tongue of the wise promotes health. Yeah, that is, that you can destroy with words and you can bring life with words. Yeah. Amen. Amen. God. You can either hack away like a sword with your words and beat down one another or you can promote health. Yeah. You speak life, love, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. Are you okay? The truth, look, there's this so much here to do with, with what's coming out of your mouth here. The truthful lip shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. You know why that's but for a moment? Because you're going to run out of people to lie to because they won't stick around. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. Yeah, counselors of peace. Amen. I, I love the advice my dad gave me a long time ago, and it's really helped my life. He said, son, bless you. Bless you again. He said, son, if the bridge is burning, throw water as far as you can. Right? Talking about a relationship with someone. If that bridge is on fire, you throw water as far as you can. Amen. You promote a good relationship. You, you promote longevity in a relationship. Promote, look for peace. Paul says, as much as depends on you, live at peace with everybody. That is, what, what it, what, when it's in your power to do something, do it. Be peaceful. Amen. And when you do that, you promote peace, you'll have joy in your life. Amen. Verse 21, no grave trouble will overtake the righteous, but the wicked shall be filled with evil. Now, let's stop for a moment. I want you to notice that by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, grave trouble and evil are both synonymous. You could just switch them. Either way, I looked this up. Same thing. It could say, no evil will overtake the righteous, but the wicked shall be filled with grave trouble. Either way, grave trouble is likened to evil. Hmm. No grave trouble, no evil shall overtake the righteous, but the wicked shall be filled with evil. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are his delight. Do we need any Greek words on that? I don't think so. Or Hebrew words, whatever it might be. It's pretty simple. A prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaims foolishness. Man, the fool loves to talk about his foolishness. And he loves for everybody to know about it. Right? He does. He proclaims foolishness. Or maybe something he knows about somebody else or she knows about somebody else and just don't mind telling everybody about it. But a prudent man conceals knowledge. Doesn't have to tell everybody everything. Yeah. Amen. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to force. The message says it like this. The diligent find freedom in their work. The lazy are oppressed by work. <laughs> they see work as a curse. So they do everything they can not to do that. The diligent find freedom in it. Amen. Yeah. And I'm here to tell you today, I love the work I do. I love it. I love pastor in this great church. I love that God called me to do it. Now, I will tell you, it's not Disney World, but I do love it. 
If anybody out there thinks that being in the ministry is Disney World, well, it's not. But I love it. I love it. I love, I get up in the morning, I don't ever go, oh, I got to go to work today. I never do that. Now, I have had jobs like that. I have. Worked at a funeral home for a while. Yeah, I didn't really enjoy that job. Not a lot of happy people at a funeral. It's not. But it was a job, right? But I love what I do. Amen. Amen. I love it. It's very fulfilling. And you can find fulfillment in any job that you do. Where, I mean, you might not like the job that you're at right now, but you can find fulfillment if you look for it. You can find good if you look for it. Are you hearing me tonight? You don't have to, you don't have to be over, overcome by negativity. Oh, this isn't what I want to do. Well, that's not going to help you. That's not going to help you. Find what's good in it. Say, God, I'm here. What can I do? Show me what's good here. Show me the value here. Teach me something here. Amen. You know why? Because ultimately you're working for him. Because the, the word of God teaches us whatever you do, do it with your whole heart as to the Lord, not unto men. Right? Because your father in heaven's watching you. Whether you know it or whether you acknowledge it or not, he is watching you. Amen. He's watching your effort. He's watching your heart. Amen. Verse 25, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Hallelujah. A good word makes it glad. Yeah. Amen. I remember the first time I ever got prophesied over. And I, I was scared. I really was. He called me out, and I remember I, he said, Stand up, young man. And I thought, Oh, great. Oh, great. Oh, man. He's about to start confessing everything I've done. And everybody in this room. And this guy, I'm, I'm telling you, it, it was scary for me. Because it never happened. I'd had lots of friends over the years. I didn't get my, somebody propped over until I was, I think, 20 years old or so. You know, we raised a church all my life. And I don't remember ever being prophesied over. I always felt like I was overlooked as a result, you know. And I was always a little bit scared to, for that, you know. So I maybe ducked down a little bit if there was somebody there that was moving in that gift. Like, oh, yeah, try to avoid me. Uh-huh, yeah, don't look over here. You know, because I didn't know I didn't know much about that gift or anything. I just thought God was going to call me out someday in front of everybody. You know, <laughs> isn't that terrible? I'm just being honest with you. And uh, anyway, so they had me. This guy has me stand up, and he just starts speaking destiny over me. Just starts talking about how how I had this music in me, and God was going to help me, uh, going to give me songs to write. And I was just like, wow. Wow, I mean, every bit of fear and all that went away. And I sat down so encouraged, and then I felt so bad about the way I thought about God all of a sudden. God, this whole time, here I had this idea of you, and you've just been delighted over me and loved me so much. Forgive me for that. So immature of me. Hmm? That good word comes and <sighs> makes everything good. Amen? Anybody here know what I'm talking about tonight? All right. A good word makes it glad. The righteous should choose his friends carefully for the way of the wicked leads them astray. The lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting. Shame on that guy. Hmm? Go kill an animal and not eat it. Shame on that guy. Guy needs to spend a day with Ted Nugent. 
But diligence is a man's precious possession. That's why I love hunting. I believe in, I believe in hunting, but I believe in eating what you hunt. Amen. Being a good steward of what God has given us. Any hunters out there? Or am I alone up here? Amen. Verse 28, in the way of righteousness is life, and in its pathway there is no death. In the way of righteousness is life, and there is in its path no death. No death in the path of righteousness. Woo! Isn't that wonderful? Life. Jesus said, I came to give you life and that more abundantly. Hallelujah. Let's stand together tonight. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.